everybody thank you for joining us uh for another episode of the choir room i believe this is like day 17 or 18 for me at least in quarantine uh so if this does reach your ears and you're still in quarantine i can only wish you wish you well okay and i'm enjoyed by my co-host here it is such a struggle oh god Yes, uh, Matt here, everybody. How you doing? Uh, we are still in quarantine and doesn't seem like that's changing anytime soon, but uh, we're getting through this with uh, with some fun episodes of Glee here, or some not so fun episodes. This one was a fun episode, if you ask me. And uh, this this first season has been quite the ride as, as we've gotten started here. We're here on episode seven called uh, titled Throwdown, and I think... I'm not going to do this whole, you know, like we, we keep doing this thing where we try not to give away how we feel. Uh, I don't think I can keep doing that because I want to tell you while we're discussing the episode, right? Like how much I hated it or loved it. I loved this episode a lot. It was uh, definitely my favorite so far. So I'm very excited to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm noticing a trend that the uh, episodes that have more music in them typically do better, at least for me. And I think for you mm-hmm. as well. It's just, you know, Glee sort of comes into its own um, as like a a musical TV show and I feel like it you know it serves itself well when it actually includes um, at least four to five songs per episode the songs where it's just or the episodes where it's mainly just plot focused while they're good and everything I just feel like you know you it's glee like we want to hear the kids sing we want to see them perform we want to see them not always talk everything out we want to see them sing it out so yeah this this episode definitely has that going for it it's uh, it's got a lot to do with the with the kids, which is you know we've been, yep. or at least I've been uh, having an issue with that. So I'm glad we're finally going to get a chance to spend a lot of time with them. I mean, we still do have uh, a lot of will and a lot of sue this episode, but it's in such a fun way. So we uh, open up this episode with Will and Sue arguing. Go figure. Um, we don't really know what they're arguing about yet. Uh, but then we immediately cut to the two of them speaking with Principal Figgins. Uh, Figgins wants an update on how everything has been going on between the two of them. Because at the end of the last episode, because of the kids taking drugs and everything, uh, Figgins decides to bring in uh, Sue as a co-director since she is the most winningest coach in cheerleading history. Um, not really sure how that's going to transfer over to Glee Club, but that's Figgins' logic for you. Um, So, yeah, the two of them are sort of acting as if everything is going swimmingly, even though we just saw the two of them, veins throbbing in their necks, arguing with one another. And uh, Principal Figgins just wants to make sure that they are working nicely together and that they're not trying to turn the kids against each other and that they're also not trying to curry favor with the kids. And obviously we see that 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 is exactly what's happening because Will is asking the kids exactly what it is that they would like to perform as opposed to him just choosing the songs. And of course, Sue has been up to her usual antics from the very beginning, trying to get the kids to turn against one another. Um, But Mercedes does say to Will, you know what, I would actually appreciate if we did, you know, some black music, Um, to which Rachel inappropriately responds that this is Glee Club, not Crunk Club. So... Fuck you, Rachel. Rachel is really, really working my nerves this season. Oh, my God. 
Very, very bad comment. Yeah, I mean, it is Glee Club. It is show choir. So, of course, you're going to get your usual Broadway-like numbers or maybe more ballady songs and stuff like that. But, you know, there is a, a whole section of music that is also available to you, you know, pop music, R&B, maybe even a little bit of hip. Well, actually, I would steer them away against the hip hop because we've already seen Mr. Shoe rap and we don't really need that anymore. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's just you, you have a bunch of kids from uh, different backgrounds that are going to have different spots where the proclivities lie. And I think it's only fair to, you know, diversify up the songbook a bit. I mean, there's so there's so much stuff that you could do. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, Sue is going to use this as an opportunity to find a chink in the armor because Quinn is going to tell her that the minorities are feeling like they're not being heard and that his music's are her ears. And so we're going to we're going to see the ramifications of that in just a second. But we do uh, catch up with Finn and Quinn as they're at their first sonogram. Will is the one that takes them because both of them are still hiding it from their parents. Um, but Finn is a little he's a little he's not really feeling 100 percent about all of this because Quinn apparently does not want to keep the baby. Finn sort of like already had the idea in his mind that he was going to take care of her and the baby. So he feels like he's sort of out of control when it comes to his child because Quinn is the one making the decision where he's really not all that in on it. He confides in Will about it, um, which kind of makes Will feel a little bit differently about his own situation and causes him to reexamine how he feels about Terry and her overprotectiveness of all of the decisions and of, of course, the fake baby because he doesn't even, she doesn't even let him touch her. Or the baby. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of throwing Will for a loop here. Yeah, so we've got these parallel storylines going on where we have two, uh, you know, two couples. Uh, both of the women in the couples are pregnant, or at least one of them is supposedly pregnant, being uh, Terry, of course. And the this scene here is, you know, uh, interesting in the way that Finn is telling Will about all these things he's feeling, about how he has no control over anything happening right now between the two of them. Uh, and Will wants to be there for him, and, and he's trying to be like, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. But it's also making Will look inside himself and think like, I'm having these exact same feelings towards uh, my couple right now, towards my situation. Uh, and I mean, it's funny because, you know, uh, Finn's going to end up being like, yeah, you know, Mr. Shu, you just, you wouldn't understand, which is like so rude. Uh, this guy is like helping you out by taking you to this appointment. Uh, and he's got like, what 20 something years on you at least <laughs> if not uh, more and you're just assuming that he knows nothing about what this is like but okay whatever uh so it's i kind of uh, always uh, took that to mean that like because of the fact that quinn is sort of like shutting him out from the decisions that he was assuming that terry would never do that and that mr shu was like so involved in his baby's life and all of the decisions that are being made there i, I kind of felt like that's what he meant but you bring yeah, up that's an possible. interesting point though no, I, I definitely uh, I, I hadn't considered it from that perspective, but that definitely makes sense. Uh, I mean, as far as Finn knows, Will is, you know, living a great life. Uh, he doesn't know anything about this Emma stuff or Terry. And I mean, I think uh, does, does has Will even told them that he's that uh, he's expecting a child? I, I don't remember any scene. Unless I I'm forgetting. something. No, I don't think he I don't think we ever got a scene, but I don't think they know. I feel like. I mean, we know that Emma knows and we know that the teachers know because that was the whole reason, like the whole first <laughs> Will's going to leave the Glee Club arc was in the first episode where we find out that Terry is pregnant. So we know that his co-workers yeah. know. So I guess by proxy, the children know. Well, no, yeah, they do know because he says he tells them that they need he needs to leave to get a better job. Remember? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're they probably just don't right. really talk about it, it too much. So long ago, yeah. I guess. Yeah. All right. 
that makes sense. Either way, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting catch up here where they're both on the same kind of page without actually realizing that they're on the same page. And, and Will is going to take this kind of uh, emotion that he just is, is bringing to the surface here and he's going to bring that home with him in a little bit. Yeah, this just goes to show you that the way I mean, we love Glee. We're both very, very big Glee fans, but the writing of this show can be sometimes very all over the place, which is part of the show's charm, but also leads you to sort of like forgetting a bunch of stuff throughout because yeah. it's like so just storylines get picked up then they get abandoned and all of a sudden when they're important to the plot again they get picked up again like seven episodes yeah. later so it's it's weird um but yep. yeah jbi jacob and israel may he Ugh. fucking be disgusting somewhere else is dangling the tea about quinn's pregnancy in front of rachel and of course rachel cares about finn she cares a little bit about quinn but more so about finn so she wants to make sure that she is protecting um finn first and foremost and so she's like okay like, what do you need from me so that you don't run any story in the blog about Quinn's pregnancy? Like, we need to keep this Glee Club together. We're already being splintered. Everybody is sort of, like, in a fragile state. And also, I love Finn. So, like, let's, what do you want? What do you want from me, Jacob and Israel? What do you want? Uh, this guy is disgusting. He's always going to be disgusting. And it's unlike Ken Tanaka, where I know that Jacob and Israel sticks around for a little while. So, I'm going to have to find some kind of way to, like cope with that with, with knowing that i'm gonna see him around way more often than i would have liked to uh but yeah he's he's all you know this this is exactly how disgusting he starts off and how he's going to be uh watching him make rachel do uh some pretty gross things here to to give to him to make him not want to publish this story rachel just wants to hand it to herself because that's just how rachel that's just how she sees the world and she just feels like she yep. can be uh team finn all the way with no one else helping her out so well, we'll we'll come back to that in a bit. So Sue is indeed going to split up the group. She finds a loophole in the show choir rule book um, that says that all Glee clubs must have twelve members, but all members do not have to be singing the same songs. So because she knows that the minorities are feeling as if they are uh, being uh, uh, like not represented, she uh, recruits Santana, Wheels a.k.a. Artie, Gay Kid, a.k.a. Kurt, Asian, a.k.a. Tina, Other Asian, a.k.a. Mike Chang, Aretha, a.k.a. Mercedes, and Shaft, a.k.a. Matt. Um, and Sue, you know, straight up tells Will, like, look, you're, you're neglecting the, the, the needs of minorities, which pisses Will off because he just asked them what they wanted to do. Um, so he feels like he was doing his due diligence. Uh, so to, to sort of, like, get bested by Sue here in front of all the kids is sort of, like, making him extremely upset. And tell me your breakdown of these uh, of this group of minorities. I, I mean, is how are, first of all, I mean, I guess my biggest question is how are we leaving Puck out of there? Is Puck not a minority? I guess Puck is Jewish, but I guess so is Rachel. I mean, I don't know. They needed to split like perfectly in half. I, I guess I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I shouldn't dive too deep into that. But yeah, it's uh, Sue. Yeah, it's Sue, and she she pulled out the people that she wanted to pull with her. Uh, so leaving behind obviously is. Uh, Finn, Rachel, Quinn, Brittany, and Puck. Uh, so we have Sue's kids off in one side, and uh, the rest that uh, the rest of New Directions hanging back with Will. And we're gonna end up seeing them split, and I guess just perform separate numbers, uh, or at least prepare separate numbers. And uh, I mean, it's not like the kids are terror or. or as upset with this idea as you think that they might be. Um, and it's, you know, the, the minority group, uh, they go off and they perform a fun song, which I don't want to, you know, jump too far ahead, but no, they, I mean, we can, seem to have we a can talk about it. it. I mean, uh, 
Sue brings them into the choir room later on that day and says, like, I, you know, I know that you guys have been singing some bullshit with, uh, with, with Mr. Shoe. So let's, you know, let's liven things up a bit. And so she hands them sheet music to Jill Scott's Hate on Me, which, uh, Mercedes, of course, responds, uh, pretty well too and the rest of them respond very well to it too but i'm like this is just too easy this is a bit of lazy writing like so you mean to tell me that just because santana is latina you got two black kids in there sure maybe the, maybe the blacks maybe their parents listen to joe scott my parents listen to a lot of joe scott so i could i could kind of understand that but tina cohen chang and mike chang's parents are listening to joe scott and Artie, i mean Artie loves black music so that i could i could kind of see that i mean he did well We'll talk about that later on. Um, mm. But mm-hmm. Kurt, I mean, I just I, I just don't see it. Like, it's just, it's a bit weird to me. I mean, they, uh, they of course, kill the song. And, of course, maybe you can make the argument that Joe Scott's Hate On Me was, like, sort of, like, in the top 40 around that time. But it most certainly was not, like, a chart topper for everybody to be knowing. So it just seemed a little bit weird to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the, the first thing that I noticed in this scene is the fact that Sue hands out sheet music to everybody. And, you know, Mercedes is, is excited. She knows this song. But apparently everybody in the room just they drop their sheet music. Nobody looks at it. And uh, I, I've like I noticed also in the the other uh, groups number, we'll, we'll talk about who's using their sheet music there. But uh, it seems like this entire group does not need their sheet music. And that's Something. Yeah, it's it's very something. It's very musical theater of them to just bust out into song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's very high school musical. Like, I mean, this is a glee club where they're supposed to be uh, taking the taking what's on the sheet music and making sure they get everything correct. Uh, but the high school musical of it all is just to drop that completely and, and break out into dance and song as if they have known this song all their life. So right. that's uh, that, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Terry has been taking advice from Kendra about what to do uh, and where to take the baby to be born and all of that stuff, which pisses Will off because, I mean, he just took Quinn and Finn to their sonogram, and so uh, he feels like he's already losing control of the Glee Club. The last thing that he wants to do is feel like he's losing control of the uh, the life of his soon-to-be first child. Um, so he hangs up on Kendra and sort of, like, lets Terry have it. Like, you won't even let me touch you you won't i haven't felt the baby kick yet i haven't been to any of the sonograms like what's going on here like i feel like i'm not a part of this child's life and it's not fair to me remember when i almost gave out a gold star to an anti-vaxxer <laughs> wait you did i i almost gave kendra a oh, gold yeah, star right. a couple episodes yeah, yeah, ago yeah, yeah. and i was i mean i was joking about it but uh but i got you scared for a second <laughs> So shout out to Kendra for being terrible. Uh, yeah, they they they've had trouble with this relationship for as long as uh, we've known these two, Will and Terry. And like you said, uh, it's Will is is time. It's time to to come clean and to uh, make it clear that he is not happy and that it's ridiculous that Terry is not letting him be involved in everything going on so far. It's it's been a couple of weeks already, and I mean. We talked about how how weird it is that I guess to uh, Will hasn't seen Terry like without a shirt on or anything like that mm-hmm. since uh, a couple weeks ago. So all of this is just it's not you would think that it'd be adding up a lot sooner, but uh, I guess not. So it, it took Finn uh, jogging his brain a little bit to to make him realize that this was a problem, and now uh, now he's here to address it. Uh, we're we're gonna we're, go- we're gonna come back to them soon. Um, Finn is gonna check in with Rachel and pretty much thanks her for helping them keep the baby a secret and everything. But JBI is still hounding her for some uh, for some panties. Of course, that's that's what he asked for her uh, from her in the beginning. So Rachel cleverly goes to the store and just buys some random ass panties. But he knows that they're store bought because he's been sniffing them and he doesn't smell any juices. I guess so. He's like, mm. I want some real Rachel Berry undies or else 
I'm running the story. <laughs> it's just so disgusting. I can't. <laughs> disgusting. And I have nothing else to say, so we can keep moving. <laughs> um, so uh, Will is going to confront Sue because, I mean, she's been, not only has she fractured the Glee Club, but she's also been hiding sheet music, stealing the piano when it's his turn, just in just a, just a bunch of bullshit. Um, and Sue, after a barrage of cleverly written insults, uh, admits to Will that, yes, bitch, I have been trying to destroy the Glee Club. And there's really nothing that you're going to be able to do to stop me from doing it. I mean, Figgins has already made me co-director. So if this club implodes on itself, you know, it's going to be very easy to blame it on you or the rest of the kids. Because, I mean, I, I have a national championship. You do not. So if this Glee Club fails, hey, that's on you. Yeah, and uh, one thing I want to ask you, which is not related to this scene exactly, but like this outside little part of the school where, I mean, Finn and Rachel have had a couple talks here. I remember in like the first or second episode, Santana and Brittany like walk past Emma and Will talking over here. Like this side of the school, uh, I feel like only gets used in this season. And I guess we'll keep track of that when they get to season two. But I feel like this must be some kind of like outdoor lot or area that they were using when they when they filmed the first season that they just did not decide to use again, because I feel like all these kind of conversations just continue to go forward in the hallway of the school. Yeah, it like it like changes to a different outside place because there's there's this part in season one. And then, like, in season two and three, there's, like, an outside staircase that's, like, close to the quad. It's got, like, a gated... Yes, 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 yes. So, it's yeah, you can definitely tell that, like, as the series continues and they get a little bit more money, they start building a few more things. So, it's Mm kind of cool to watch the... A school with seemingly no budget seems to be getting a lot of renovations, Principal Figgins. It does. Funny enough, yeah. Explain that Um, one. So, yeah, they're they're having a little bit of a fight here, which is going to be, what, like, one of... uh, 10 in this episode and she ends up storming off uh, knocking this random drink out of this random child's hands and just i mean first of all she she killed a teacher in the last episode (laughs) you know by by tripping her down the staircase uh she we're gonna see throughout the show uh but i mean already a couple times here well she'll just take children and throw them uh she's literally uh chucking them throwing their books knocking down anything in their hands and yep this person is uh definitely still employed by the school (laughs) Why do you ask? Will's not going to go down easily, though. Um, after speaking with Terry, where Terry's sort, you know, sort of, he's, she feels bad about putting Will through, you know, well, not putting Will through fatherhood, essentially. And um, she, you know, pretty much inspires him to stand up to Sue. And so what does Sue do? He goes into his records, finds a bunch of Cheerios that are in his Spanish class, realizes that they should be failing. I don't know how he just all of a sudden realizes that these Cheerios have been failing Spanish class and then decides to flunk them. So when Sue turns up to Cheerios rehearsal and like half of her team is gone, she asks Quinn, where the hell are my Cheerios? And she's like, well, Mr. Shu flunked them. They're all failing his Spanish class. They're like not academically eligible. Um, so this is going to erupt into another argument between the two of them, this time in front of P- Principal Figgins. Um... And Sue is just, like, not understanding Will's devotion to that dying language and everything. Uh, but Will sort of, like, ends up besting her in the argument because there really is nothing that, that Principal Figgins can say. Because, I mean, if you have kids that are failing, they shouldn't be taking part in any extracurricular activities. Remember when Sue was, like, uh, all over the minorities and, and how much she loves minorities? And then she comes in here ragging on <laughs> Spanish as a dying language. So that's that's Sue uh, for you. But, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not 
any kind of concern or something uh, that I'm surprised about when we find out that Will had no idea or something that these Cheerios were failing because Will is a terrible teacher. Right. Uh, not only like him as like an adult or as a glee club coach or anything like that. He is like any time that we've seen him teaching Spanish, it's, you know, nothing, nothing uh, too impressive to say the least. So yeah, he, he decides that he's going to get up to Sue's level and find a way to pull one over on her. And he is just feeling himself after this. <laughs> and this is going to be, you know, the reason that they're still fighting for the rest of the episode, because I mean, first of all, whoever stands up to Sue like this, nobody. So it just makes her even more enraged. Uh, and when, when she gets to that level, it's like, how how are you going to bring her back down? Yeah. Uh, the only way is now that she's kind of realized that somebody is getting back at her the way that she kind of goes at them. She kind of it looks like she like takes she's like taken aback a little bit and she kind of needs to maybe meet in the middle a little bit. But she ends up just pushing back towards him and saying, you need to fix this. And we see how, uh, you know, she she plots with Quinn to take him down even further from this point yeah it's uh it's just such a shame the the kids that are like in the middle of all of this because you would think oh your spanish teacher cares about you and they have to flunk use because you know if you're not doing well that you're not going to continue to do well but no it's about some damn cheerios in some glee club they don't give a damn about your education they just want to make sure that they have the kids that they need to win a national championship so that they can get whatever the hell else they're going to get from winning a national mm -hmm. championship it's just so it's it's like if I, if I were a Cheerio and that was like the one thing that made me happy and yeah, maybe I shouldn't be on the Cheerios because my, edu my because my Spanish class isn't where it needs to be. But I would just feel so like unmotivated because it's not like anybody's going to help me get there. Like Mr. Shoe mm -hmm. sucks. He's not a good teacher anyway. So what am I supposed to do? Fail Spanish and not be on the Cheerios? Like screw this. But oh my God, this, this upcoming scene is just my favorite in the episode and it's not even close. Uh, do you want to do you want to lead it in then? Do the honor. <laughs> I guess. I guess uh, it's uh, we're we're in Will's class, so I guess we're uh, staying on topic here. And uh, Finn and Quinn are uh, supposedly in Sue's, uh, Sue in Will's class. Uh, who had any idea that these kids had him as a teacher uh, in in uh, any capacity other than Glee? I had no idea. So they are in the Spanish class taking a test. Finn turns around to pass Quinn a note, and okay, whatever. Uh, but it turns out this note is actually Finn's idea. Uh, that he was thinking of while taking this test for the name for their baby child, uh, baby child. I was going to say baby boy uh, <laughs> for their baby child. Uh, and Finn uh, passes the note. Will sees Finn passing the note, but uh, of course he's not going to take him down too hard with this. He just says, uh, hey, hey, knock it off over there. Uh, but then Finn turns around and as Will is distracted, he has a further conversation with, with Quinn where he says, uh, I've been thinking about this and uh, I, I have a great name for our baby. And she opens up the note. And what is inside but the name Drizzle? <laughs> I just... <laughs> Finn has decided that what's the best kind of weather outside when it's when it's raining, but it's not pouring, so you don't need to have an umbrella, and you don't need to wear a rain jacket, uh, but it's just like the perfect weather, and it's just, this is like a great idea. Just name the baby Rain. Rain is a real name. It is. Mm -hmm. Like, Drizzle? Drizzle, Drizzle, uh, Hudson, Drizzle Hudson. I mean, just give give the baby the middle name Snoop. Like, I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. Drizzle, Drizzle. Yeah, Drizzle. You know, also as a part of that, you know, asinine uh, idea from uh, from Finn. We also do get like the first like glimpse of like uh, quote unquote stupid Britney. Uh, this. And that's that's my next note, and it's like my I, I have it in all caps. Yay, Britney's here <laughs> finally. 
we've been we've been waiting and waiting to see when she was going to finally make her appearance and this is like the first time that we uh we see a little bit of her of her character she as quinn and finn are arguing over drizzle uh you see her (laughs) slide quinn's paper away from her um and quinn snatches it back and she's like uh do your own work and britney's like i just don't understand anything And Quinn's like, well, that's not my problem. Uh, but the argument spills out into the hallway where Finn is pretty much letting her know, like, look, I don't appreciate the fact that you're the one that's been making all the decisions and you're shutting me out of all of this. And Quinn's like, well, you're not the one whose parents are going to crucify them if they find out that I'm pregnant. Like, you don't have to have the baby. You don't have to sit or walk around here pregnant. You don't have to deal with the stairs. You don't have to deal with the looks and the rumors and all that. It's me. And Finn says the worst thing that you can say to your girlfriend, but not only your girlfriend, but a pregnant girlfriend who has hormones, you know, coursing through her veins and that comparing her to another girl. He tells her that he wishes that she Mm -hmm. could be more like Rachel because Rachel has been so supportive of him and so supportive of the two of them and giving JBI panties just to keep her and him from having to deal with rumors from the rest of the school, which is, of course, going to piss Quinn the fuck off. This is super cringy from Finn, uh, but I guess it's not to be uh, it's it's hard to be surprised by the way that he has this conversation. He literally in his mind right now has two girlfriends. I mean, he's he's still dating Quinn, technically, and she she's with his child. And on the other hand, he's pretty much already put himself in a relationship with Rachel. So we're going to get back to that later on towards like that last number um but i I mean i guess i'll just mention it now that he's like literally holding both of their hands at one point and it's like he truly is uh feeling like he's with both of them and remember last episode he was asking terry in the nurse's office uh is it possible for a guy to like did i don't know if he said date or have feelings for two different Mm -hmm. women uh which is what uh what's his name uh will's also going through so i mean these this win and win wow uh will and finn's storyline is really uh colliding in many different ways but yeah it's not a good look here for for him to mention rachel to quinn but i mean rachel's been doing nothing but nice and good things to him and quinn is shutting him out at times where he wants to be around her the most so uh yeah the parallelism is real in this season uh i i'm not sure if a lot of you know the backstory behind glee's origins and everything but um the original idea for glee did not come from ryan murphy it came from ian brennan um and he went to school i believe for screen or no he didn't go to school for screenwriting but he did after graduating pick up a copy of screenwriting for dummies and i have the exact same book and there isn't like an entire section in the book about parallelism so it really feels like ian brennan as he was coming up with the concept in some of the first scripts for the episodes that he just like went all in on the parallelism parallelism uh chapter of that book and just like spit it all out in these episodes of glee because it's just it's it's everywhere in the season and pretty much the series yeah. in, in its entirety so really really cool mm-hmm. but um the kids are going to reconvene, and they seem the happiest they've ever been <laughs> now that they've been separated. Uh, but Sue's kids uh, have to leave after all of them uh, have to take this little impromptu performance of Ride With Me because Sue has forbidden them to speak to the other kids, even though they're all supposed to be in the same Glee Club. It's, it's still the same club here, folks. Like I know that you found a loophole, Sue, but they still have to be together. This is still the New Directions. They cannot perform together <laughs> if they're not together. Uh, but they do leave. Mr. Shu, you know, tries to keep the R&B trend rolling, I guess. I think he sees how successful it was with Sue's kids. So he's like, okay, well, let's sing No Air. <laughs> so he gives 
the uh, solo to Finn and Rachel. And while they both sound great, the song just does not work for somebody like Rachel's voice. It's just not... It's just not her style. It's just not her... Yeah. Which is exactly why you need diverse voices to carry certain songs in a glee club because it's just it just doesn't work for her like imagine the song with finn and santana right like santana would have killed this not to say that rachel like didn't do well but like santana would have killed this song uh what was i gonna say oh ride with me was fun uh just to go back to that for two it seconds was very fun. that was like uh the first time that like I guess the, these Glee kids are having sung without it being like a record, a pre-recorded track. Like this was obviously just uh, them in the room and, you know, the mics picking up what they were all singing out loud. So that was a great time. Uh, and the, yeah, no air, no air. I have an interesting relationship with here because obviously we know how like that song was everything back when it first came out. Like that was like the song. Uh, at least, uh, at least in my world. Uh, so when they did <laughs> oh, it on Matt. Glee, I like w- when they did it on Glee. I was in love with it, and I probably like up until a couple years back when I didn't like have a whole lot of Glee songs on my phone. Um, like I had all the ones that I remembered the most. And then in the past few years, I've like added on more that I forgot about. Um, so no air was definitely up in there, like probably top five of ones that I played the most often just because I loved that song so much and they did it on Glee. So like I said, weird relationship with that song, because now looking back, I agree with you. And I, I do think that it's like different from how I remember it. But it's still, I mean, they, they do a good job. And uh, in terms of the uh, the music sheets I was mentioning earlier, it seems like Finn needs a sheet anytime that he sings a song because he doesn't know words to anything. Rachel doesn't use it, but she's holding it in case she needs to reference it. And then it doesn't look like anybody else is using it in terms of Britney, uh, Puck, or Quinn. Yeah, the sheet music is, <laughs> I'm not even entirely sure why uh, Mr. Shu was so upset about her hiding the sheet music because, I mean, you're not using it anyway, so here. I said music sheet. <laughs> oh, sheet <Oops>. music. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did I hear you? Did I hear you uh, give me like a, like laugh at me when I said that I love no air? So yes. Much? <laughs> do, you, do you disagree? No, I don't disagree. I just love the fact that you're such a fan of it. I can just uh, imagine you, uh, like doing like both a, parts. A 13, 14 year old Matt just like singing yes. his ass off to the TV as this episode airs. I just you know hey. In the TV, like as soon as I got my car and driving around, like that's this that's like one of the many songs that, that you blasted in the car and of course you did both parts and you were just as good at both of them. Aww. What I feel like I wish I wish there was footage of that. I wish you recorded yourself. I would I could just do it today. I, I it would make a difference. <laughs> um but you know, after the song is done, Quinn under Sue's direction sits there and says, you know, are we just supposed to sit here and sway in the background like props? Maybe maybe Sue is right. Maybe Will does not care about the minorities. And we see that that affects uh, Puck and <laughs> Brittany, um, who are later going to defect to Sue because Puck is Jewish and Brittany is a descendant of the Dutch. <laughs> uh, it is important that we uh, finally learn that Puck is Jewish. That's going to be a pretty big part of his uh his character going forward, him and Rachel both being uh, the only Jewish kids in the Glee Club. And obviously, uh, it's, it's not just, you know, in terms of that. It's like Puck's religion means a lot to him and his family, which we will get into in a couple later seasons. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that we do get into it in later seasons and that the show learns how to handle um, uh, diverse stories because of the fact that in this episode in particular, while it is enjoyable and while Glee at at its very core is a comedy. I couldn't help but, you know, you know, sort of 
critique how the minority storyline is just a conglomerate. All of them are just shoved together, um, even yep. so much so in the end that uh, Mr. Shu des- decides to b- bestow the title of ultimate minority on them because all of them are in the Glee Club, which is sort of just like, ah, uh, that's not really how that works, but sure. <laughs> um, so I, I do appreciate the fact that as the show continues and more writers from different backgrounds are allowed into the writer's room because uh, the majority of season one is written by Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk, and Ian Brennan. They are all three white men. Um, and while people aren't, you know, exactly not capable of writing from different perspectives, it always helps when there is actual people of said perspective to contribute to the writer's room because then you get more fully realized stories. And right now it's just, you're all minorities. That's it. So... Yep, and and Glee does both aspects of it, and I guess um, you have to really pay attention to to identify like the good and the bad, because obviously this episode starts off with uh, Sue going to the entire group and and calling them out by like what they mm-hmm. are. Uh, hey, gay kid, Asian, other Asian, Aretha, like like that's that's the bad, um, and and that's like identifying how people are just are seen, I guess. Um, but it is good, it, like like we're saying in like times where they do get to dive deeper into these people's stories, um, and you do get, like the fact that like later on uh, we're gonna get a line where uh, Mercedes talks about how my my dad's a dentist, and it's like <laughs> that shouldn't be like a shock value kind of mm-hmm. moment, but for some reason they present it as that as like oh uh, like the person that we're talking about as a minority as somebody like lesser than uh, has a dad that's a, a successful dentist like why is that surprising but they that's that's how it seems to come right across. right but um like we said it'll it definitely gets handled a lot better as the series progresses so i'll be excited for that progression uh will comes home on a bit of a high from taking on sue all day and you know tells terry you know like look if you're going to be home first i really would appreciate it if you would you know take care of dinner every once in a while oh no he says i think it's appropriate if you do it like oh like the, his tone in this conversation, I mean, I know Terry's annoying, but, like, not feeling that from Will. It's like, I, I would think, I think it's appropriate if you get home first and you start making dinner. I mean, okay, so here's the thing. At the risk of me sounding uh, uh, sexist, I really feel like he has a bit of a point here because Terry, I mean, before Terry was even pregnant, she doesn't like to work. She worked three three hours for four days out of the week, tops, as she's in things. Like, she's at home all the time doing whatever the hell drinking wine or talking to Kendra or doing things in her craft room and now that she's pregnant and she's probably taking less and less hours that she's in things I mean I feel like what else are you gonna do I mean the least that you can do is cook like is Will's the one that's out here working and everything I just feel like I feel like he has a bit of a point here no I don't disagree with you. I just wish that he would have said, like, it would be appreciated, not appropriate. I hate the, the word appropriate there, like, because that's that's like yeah. full on sexism of like you get or I mean, I know he's framing it as like, well, you get home first. So that's why you should do it. But it still doesn't feel you like know, that. A point taken. Point taken. I mean, and she does make the comment, oh, you're so forceful, which is a bit more of a turn on for her, if any more than <laughs> anything else. <laughs> um But then Will does tell her also I booked an appointment with the OB, which is going to send Terry into a spiral because there's no baby there. So what the hell is she going to do? Um, but Kendra and Terry are going to go confront uh, uh, the OB, pretty much Dr. Wu, Dr. Wu, blackmailing him into helping Terry um, because Kendra 
uh, Dr. Wu delivered all of her babies, and she's always been upset with the fact that all of them have turned out redheaded. And so she's going to leaked the press, I guess, that Dr. Wu gave her too much, I forget what it was, Pitocin, whatever the hell that is. I don't know. <laughs> um, while they were pregnant and uh, while, while she was pregnant and Dr. Wu was like, that's, you, that's just made up. Like, you don't even know what you're talking about. That doesn't even make any sense. And she's like, it doesn't really have to be true. It's just as long as I put a stink on you, no one's going to want to go to you. They're all going to go to the other OB in Ohio. So you might as well just go ahead and listen to what we have to say. And it looks like it's about to work here. Kendra is very underhanded and she uh, is is not afraid to do whatever it takes. I mean, the fact that like this is even happening in the first place, uh, the fact that that Terry's hiding this is full on Kendra's fault. Terry, we're, we give her a lot of uh, a lot of crap for being crazy that this is happening in the first place, mm-hmm. but she was ready to go tell Will a couple episodes yeah. ago uh, to tell him the truth. But Kendra's the one that stopped her and was like, "No, uh, dishonesty is perfect for is food for a marriage or whatever the hell she said." So she is the one that's encouraging this, and it makes sense why she's still here because she's still egging this on to to happen the way that it is. Um, and you can kind of see that. Like, I guess let's just like put this all together here. Uh, later on, when they are gonna end up uh, at this appointment, Will and Will's with her and. You know, of course, it, we find out that Dr. Wu is uh, eventually going to cave here and he is a little bit afraid of Kendra's threats. So he's going to go through with helping them with this plan. And as he does all of this, where he uh, he does like a fake ultrasound, I, I think is this is this Quinn's that he has up because uh, Quinn went there, too. If maybe I'm making that up, I don't know. Um, but it would definitely way, make sense. Um, I think I think so. It would make sense. Only the only reason that I would say that it isn't. Um, is because of the fact that Quinn is trying to, you know, hide all of this from her parents. So I doubt that she would want it recorded because most people want a, like a, a VHS or something of a sonogram. But I feel like Quinn probably wouldn't want it. Or maybe he just made it just in case. Yeah. No, no, you you, you could be right. Um, but either way, there's a, there's a fake sonogram going on here and Will is looking at it uh, and he starts crying. And the doctor <laughs> oh, has this very strange reaction uh, where he looks at, oh, oh, uh, oh, well, this is awkward. Um and Will's like, what? Like, like the baby's there, right? Like, is it, is it okay? Is it healthy? Is there a problem? And the doctor's just like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. Uh, but the he is actually a she. Uh, you're having a girl. Oops, sorry. I must have misread the first time. I must time. have thought sorry that the that. pinky was the penis. I don't know what I was thinking. He's just shitting yeah. all over the Hippocratic Oath right now. Like, it's just like... Like, not a five-star performance for somebody who's, like, actually afraid of this threat. No, yeah, Dr. Wu is not getting the gold star of of the week this time around just like come on like you cannot let these two women blackmail you into faking a pregnancy because when this all blows up like you're gonna be screwed and of course he like that's how you lose your job, right bud, like you do you it, it's just it's it is what it is but uh, I mean, and but yeah, so so Terry has this moment here where, like like I said, it's it's this is all Kendra's plan, and Terry's going along with it still because she agrees with Kendra, uh, and she also sees that like it's it's pretty much the only reason keeping Will around. Uh, so Terry, as Will is crying, looking at his baby girl uh, in the sonogram, he starts he starts crying and she looks at him and says uh just remember like in this moment how much we love each other like regardless of what happens remember how much we love each other which should be a tip off to will if he wasn't so uh weepy at this time but i just feel like why would i attend a sonogram with my wife and we're already like having we're like we're having like a bit of a, a rough rocky time right now 
the baby I still haven't technically felt. I haven't seen the stomach. I haven't been to any appointments before this. And I'm just now finding out that the baby was misgendered. And now after all of this, my wife is pulling me in close, telling me, just remember in this moment that we love each other. I just, there are signs, William. There are signs. There are Mm -hmm. flags that are the color red. I just need for you to... (laughs) Like, get, like, to pick up on all of this. And maybe Terry is right. You spend so much time focusing on Glee that you just don't, you just don't see it. You don't see it. It's just, it's, it's yep. insane to me. Yep. They are a whole mess. And uh, this, this, I mean, this goes off in the way that Kendra wanted it to, where now Will is, you know, has seen some proof, I guess, that this baby exists, even though he has still not yet to see uh, her stomach in, like, weeks. So, whatever. Uh, he'll he'll figure that out eventually. Or maybe he won't. Who cares at this point? He, he's going to have to help himself because there's nothing we can do for him here. Quinn is going to confront Rachel about Finn, saying, like, bitch, he is the father of my child. I am having his baby. You were trying to get in between the, the uh, in between the two of us. You need to back off. And you know, Rachel surprisingly said, like, "You know what? You're right. You're right." But then she throws the fact that Quinn has been uh, secretly plotting against the Glee Club with Sue in her face, um, to which Sue or uh, Quinn tries to deny, but she really can't because Rachel's pretty perceptive, perceptive, and she knows what's been going on, and she's pretty much tells Quinn, like, look, like, you're going to need a support system. You're going to need friends. You really should do yourself a favor and stop trying to push all of us away. Stop trying to ruin the community that's going to be there for you when shit hits the fan because you're going to need us. And honestly, you should also try and think about sticking with the Glee Club because you're going to need the performance as a way to, you know, work through the shit that you're going through. Um, and Quinn is like, oh, well, girl, like you have no idea what I'm going through. And then cue the dream sequence of you keep me hanging on by the Supremes. Uh, yes. I mean, Quinn is a Supremes fan, isn't she? Quinn has the most lovely voice. And <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get appreciated enough over like at all. I would say, uh, I think definitely there are people who appreciate her and her voice. And I mean, even if I consider myself in that group, I can say as well, like I definitely, uh, don't give her enough credit. Uh, she's, she's not any Rachel Berry, Santana Lopez, Mercedes Jones or anything like that. But like for her vocal abilities and, and and what she brings to the table every time, I mean, 95% of the songs they give her, I would say that she does a fantastic job with. So uh, this is the start of, uh, no, I mean, this whole episode has been about Quinn, but we get a little bit of a uh, performance here where, you know, we still see her kind of going through the motions of what she's doing with Cheerios and a fun little number on the stage. No, I totally agree with you where Rachel Berry's, Bread and butter may be in the Broadway. Mercedes is in, you know, uh, R&B and the soulful ballads uh, and this sort of the same thing with with Santana. Brittany and Quinn, the voices are, they are like perfect for more poppy numbers, more, you know, lively dance, upbeat numbers they're just they're just they're just perfect for it i just i mean i think they're very underweight like they're not you know extremely talented vocalists but they have pretty voices nonetheless so i I totally Mm -hmm. agree with you so will and sue's clubs are going to get together to watch each other perform but sue cuts it short not wanting to watch the mediocrity of just three kids because once once puck and britney leave and go to sue's side of the club there's only rachel quinn (laughs) and finn left which is such an awkward trio as (laughs) as it is 
Um, and so she's like, you know what? We're not listening to this bullshit. Like, let's get the hell out of here. We're going to get some ice cream or whatever the hell. And this pisses Will off because it's just like, what are you doing? Like, like, come on. Like, you... So you're just going to take the kids away. You're not even going to let them perform anymore. Like, what Like what are we doing at this point? Um, and this erupts into the argument that we see at the beginning of the episode where they're just completely going at it with one another. This is all about the two of them. They don't give a damn about the kids. And this is when the kids are sort of able to see that. And they're like, you know what? Screw this. Mercedes like, I'm tired of the minorities talk. I'm tired of you two arguing. Like, this is supposed to be a club where we're supposed to come together and have fun and sing and... This is just it's this is bullshit. Like I, I we need to get out of here. And so Sue kids Sue's kids leave, Rachel leaves, which prompts Quinn and Finn to leave, and now the two of them are just stuck standing there looking like the complete idiots that they are for just being immature adults here. Yeah, I did think it was fun at the beginning of the episode where we got a little peek at this argument between uh, Will and Sue, and we get a little bit of like their their fighting in their voiceovers. Like that was cute. Um, and then this is obviously the actual blow up we're going to get to see play out a little bit. But even as they're fighting, I mean, it's it's I like the way that they edit this. Where in terms of like, uh, there's no point in just letting us listen to them do insult after insult. Like they get a couple of clever ones in that the writers had fun with, and then eventually they turn it into this like garbled like. <laughs> like noises and you know that's that's pretty much what they sound like to everybody else because who gives a crap from like from the kids perspective of like what they're actually arguing about so yeah it's fun to watch them all uh realize here that they they don't need to be here for this uh they all storm out rachel leads the charge and uh, you know Artie gets carried in his wheelchair up the staircase which is very funny uh and and the kids are done they're not having anything to do with this and we get robbed of a second performance of no air in the same episode so oh. Rough, rough go for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Sue later on is going to call Will to her office and is essentially calling. F- she, she's like, I don't know where your office is because otherwise I would have met you there. <laughs> like, that's very funny. <laughs> I haven't seen his office either. I missed that line. She did say that. Um, but she's essentially calling for like a ceasefire here because I think the two of them have a pretty sobering moment when the kids leave and... um. Sue is just like, look, like, I'm not really a big fan of you or the Glee Club. Obviously, I've just been trying to destroy it all week, but I still enjoy being a teacher and I enjoy being a coach because I enjoy seeing my kids win because when they win, that means I win and you know how much I love winning. Um, and Will's like, you know what, like, you're right. I, But you, you also weren't entirely wrong in trying to address the needs of minorities and kids that are sort of you know slept on um so i think that was a you you called me out on that and that was a good that was a good call and we transitioned into them having a conversation with the rest of the kids and this is when uh will delivers his cringy line about them all being minorities because they're in the glee club but okay whatever um it's so like uh like that's that makes my skin crawl just like remembering that he says that and i remember like on the rewatch that i did a couple months ago as soon as he said that i didn't remember it and i like took a video screenshot and like sent it to like all of my other glee friends that i knew that watched and i was like did this really happen (laughs) it's so bad it's so so bad and he tries to relate to them all and saying it doesn't matter santana is Latina, or it doesn't matter if Finn can't tell his right from his left, and it doesn't matter if Quinn is, and then Sue finishes his sentences saying, pregnant. Yeah, it doesn't matter that Quinn is pregnant, and the, the whole room is like, uh, 
like they're silent. Uh, nobody thought that Sue knew. Nobody was going to tell Sue out of this group. Even like the Cheerios, they, you know, they knew about it uh, being like Santana and Brittany. They had Quinn's back. They're a tight three at this point, uh, and they weren't going to tell Sue just yet. So uh, they expected that the second uh, Coach Sylvester found, found out about this, she would kick Quinn off the team and have a huge reaction. But that's not what they're getting here. So they're all confused, and uh, Sue is just... Uh, she, she doesn't seem mad. She doesn't seem upset. It's just, it's like she knew and it's, I don't know. I mean, Quinn doesn't care what Sue's reaction is because she didn't want people finding out. But what Sue says here is that everybody knows and it's going to be all over the blog sphere this afternoon. So Quinn, it goes into a, a full on panic attack, which understandable. Uh, Rachel is going to confront JBI. It's like, how could you run that story? I gave you two sets of panties. One of them was brand new because I got them from Macy's. Like, what the fuck is going on? And JBI is like, I didn't do it. Like, Sue forced me to do it. And we get a quick scene of uh, Sue finding the panties that Rachel gave him, confronting him about it. And JBI pretty much comes clean about, like, it being collateral for not running the story against Quinn. Um, And he tells her that, Quinn's pregnant and he's like I'll, I'll kill the story just don't expel me but Sue's like nope you know what go ahead and run it and I'm still not entirely sure because I haven't seen season one in a long time so maybe it's going to get addressed in the next episode but I'm not entirely sure what the motivation is here because she's your star Cheerio and of course yeah her being pregnant isn't a good look for the team but do you need to embarrass her why can't you just tell like call her into your office in private and let her know that you know what's going on and let her know that of course when she starts to show that she can no longer be a part of the team i don't understand the like i don't understand the importance of blasting it all over the school i would have to say i mean we know how like petty and terrible sue is so i would imagine that she's feeling resentment towards quinn that this would happen in the first place and that the captain of her of her team would put herself in this position where she's going to unable she's eventually going to be unable to like you know put her costume on and compete with the rest of them uh and the fact that she hid this from sue i'm sure is not something she's happy about so at this point it does seem like uh you know and quinn's been working for her but at the end of the day rachel warned her and said, Sue does not care about you. Sue does not have your best interests in mind. She's, you know, completely using you. And Rachel turns out to be 100% right here because Sue doesn't care. Uh, Sue Sue has just had enough. Quinn can go deal with her issues on her own. Also, Sue, I need to clock a line here, uh, our first transphobic comment of the season uh, or the series. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, you know, got to make sure we get those comments in where Sue was talking to Jacob in Israel and, uh, he, you know, she found the panties and she's like, where are these from? Are you a, are you a he that was born a she? And uh, I can send you to a school if, uh, if if that's if that's the case, I can send you to a school where where people like you go. And I'm like, oh, my. yeah, <laughs> uh, like, I mean, and it's not the last I, of the transphobia that we'll see from from Sue. Like, it's going to be rather blatant in like future seasons as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 2009 was a very, very different time. Time, even though it was just 11 years ago it's 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 a uh, yeah it's quite a time <laughs> quite a time yeah so Quinn uh, the story is about to go out and what it, what left is there to do uh, she has no control over this everyone's gonna find out her parents are gonna find out so she's crying in the hallway Finn is trying to comfort her and and assure her it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay uh, and and Rachel's out there just looking onward and you know Rachel does feel bad she's proved in the past couple episodes that she does have a heart mm-hmm. and she does feel for her so that's you know that's what that is and the new directions are gonna try to cheer her up a little bit with a final number here yeah what else is there to do left but or what else is there left to do but sing and they sing 
the rendition of Keep Holding On, which is one of my favorites from the New Directions. Um, it's also one of my favorites because I'm sure you watched the Glee Project as well. Um, this was the song during the Glee Project that any eliminated contestant would like get their own little rendition of at the end of their episode. So I was just like, yeah, this is this is some true blue Glee right now. I love this shit. We uh, we made it seven episodes in before me being exposed as a non-Glee Project watcher. What? Finally come out. Matt. I know, I know, I know, I know. I have friends who watched it. And like at the time, I just didn't even know that it was like such a big thing uh, at all. And I knew that it existed. Maybe I didn't know where to find it. Maybe I didn't care enough. I have no idea what the reason was. Okay, okay, um, okay, 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 okay. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're in, we're in season one right now, so you have time. The Glee Projects, those characters don't hit until season three. So what's going to happen is you're going to watch The Glee Project season one. Help me find it. I can't find it. I'll, well, I'll, I'll help you find it. That's not a problem. If you, if you can find it, I'll watch it. I just haven't. Oh, no, we're, we're going to find it. You're going to watch it. So that way, when season three runs uh, rolls around, you're going to be in full context for everything that you need to know. Because this is just unacceptable. As a Glee stan, Glee fan, Gleek, whatever you want to call yourself, it's just unacceptable. I know. Unacceptable. All right. Well, what a sour note to end this episode on. Like we said, they end with uh, Keep Holding On. And now is the time for us to guess each other's favorite song from the episode. We have five of them this time around. First is Hate On Me, performed by Sue's Kids. Ride With Me, performed by the entirety of the New Directions. No Air, performed by Will's Kids. Keep Hanging On, or Keep Me Hanging On, by Sue and the Cheerios. But, or not Sue. <laughs> Quinn <laughs> and the Cheerios. Um, and then it's Keep Holding On by the newly uh, reunited New Directions. And <sighs> Am I guessing yours? I'll guess yours really quick. Uh, yours has got to be our finale here. Keep holding on. Ugh, I really need to be better at not being so fucking obvious with these. I don't. I don't want us to do this anymore. <laughs> if we're gonna have to keep hiding our true feelings while we're discussing it, I don't like. Pl- plus, the payoff is never good <laughs> because I don't think you've guessed it very often. Okay, well, I'm gonna guess that yours is no air. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> see, no, you're wrong. What? You just told me that you were like, it was like the thing that you had on your iPod and you were in the car screaming the song. And And that's not wrong, but Keep Holding On is my number one. No Air was my favorite, one of my favorite songs at the time. But in the past like few years, as I revisited the show, and especially in the past couple months, uh, when I was putting together that fun document that I have with all my song rankings, uh, and then, you know, uh, look at the bracket. Keep Holding On was in the top 64, and uh, No Air was not in the air of that bracket. So Keep Holding On is one of my favorites uh, of all time. When they do it here and when they do it again in season five, both of them are just incredible. Uh, Quinn Fabray in this in this song just has this, they, they did such a good job with her look. She just looks so innocent and pure and like, all she wants is like the love and acceptance from everybody in the new directions, which they are all offering to her. They're they're singing to her to just keep holding on because she's gonna make it through. Uh, just stay strong. I mean, this song is perfect for this scene, this episode. It just brings it all together and like one of the most perfect numbers uh, that they've done in terms of like these the ones where they end end an episode with with this kind of uh, vibe to it. Like, they, they could not have done this any better, and I love Keep Holding On so much. I just think that the early New Directions numbers just have a certain level of charm to them that begins to deplete as time goes on. Like, they're just, I can't, like, even off the top of my head, I can't really name any ensemble numbers from, like, season four and above from the New Directions that are just as iconic to me. They're, like, I just feel like 
the early seasons just ve- they capture the new directions in such a fantastic light and it's just not it's very mm-hmm. unique to this season so i agree with you there keep holding on is just another one of those iconic new direction songs um you can instantly recognizable like if you hear it that come on somewhere you just know oh that's glee like it's just it's I would even go so far as to say that it might even be better than Avril Lavigne's original, like, and I'm not even going to be bashful in saying that. I saw a tweet go viral the other day. I'm not sure if you saw it. It was like, it got like 300,000 likes. It was like, it is okay to admit that the Glee version is better than the original. And I'm like, yes, bitch. <laughs> yes. I've been doing that all my <laughs> life. I mean, for for a good amount of Glee songs, uh, the Glee song is better than the it original. It is. So. Uh, yeah, this this performance, uh, this song is so good. Obviously, I said my favorite of the episode and for sure uh, my favorite of the show uh, through seven episodes. So uh, I don't think we were exactly keeping our own personal rankings as we go. Maybe we'll do that on like the season wrap up or something like that. Get through uh, or talk about like our, our favorite songs from the season. But so far through seven episodes, Keep Holding On is going to be at the top with a bullet. Yes. For me. All right. And your gold star for the episode. My gold star is going to tie in to uh, keep holding on and I'm going to give my gold star to somebody who has not gotten one yet uh, but she really deserves one at this point Uh, Quinn Fabray she is obviously like having her struggles with it and she's still working for Sue throughout it all and it's like there, there's a couple of things where you question things that she does or decisions that she makes. But at the end of the day, like as we saw in the last episode, like she is kind of turning around a little bit and trying to trying to accept the fact that the Glee kids and specifically Rachel are showing her all this love. Um, and, you know, in this episode, it's just it's a lot about her. And, you know, I don't know. She's, she's going through it. She has two great songs and the emotion that she portrays in keep holding on is just enough where if nothing else happened this episode i would still give her the gold star uh for that so quinn welcome to the gold star club and i'm happy you're here i am going to give my gold star to someone who hasn't gotten it yet and i'm going to give it to mercedes this round um she wasn't that in the episode this time around but i do think her uh you know sort of like stepping up to well and be like look i I mean I, i i enjoy being here and everything but I just feel like the songs that we do right now are kind of one-sided. I feel like we should really pay attention to some of the other voices in the room. Um, And while Will and uh, Sue sort of don't handle that in the best way, I mean, they do try. um, It is still Mercedes that sort of like is still the voice of reason, even in the midst of the two of them arguing and being like, look, my dad's a dentist. Like, can we stop with this whole... I mean, yes, I think that the minority should have a voice, but it's not just one voice like we're all different and these stereotypes and all of this bullshit that you guys are putting on us is very very strange and very very weird and if that's going how it's going to be i don't want to continue with this crap so i just mm-hmm. feel like uh this is sort of like a turning point for the glee club because um acknowledging other voices is something that's going to continue to be a theme throughout the rest of this series and i think that mercedes has a lot to do with that because any there really isn't any other indication that will was going to try and do something like that if it weren't for Mercedes. So gold star to her. Uh, I totally, totally love that gold star. Um, And I think Mercedes is, you know, not being used enough early on here, but anytime that we do get a chance to, uh, to hear her uh, express herself or or just to sing or anything at all, uh, I I love it. So I'm glad we are finally getting uh, both of these uh, Mercedes and Quinn on the board here. That's very exciting to me. 
And my slushy rating, you want that? Yeah. Or who went first last time? Did did I go first? I th- yeah, I you I went did. first last time. Um, this episode is very, very enjoyable. Mm, I think I'll just give it, I'll, I'll, I'll give it one slushy. Because, like I said before, you know what? No. I think. Whatever, whatever you I feel I think like. I'm to have to give it two. Just because well, of what I said before. Because, like, the, the episode is a lot of fun. But the writing is lazy in a lot of spots. And I just, I, I just, I know that there's better glee around the corner. I just, mm-hmm. I just know that there is. So I just, I feel like in order to do those episodes justice um, in the future, I'm going to have to be a little bit harsher here. So that's, that's what I'll say for this one. Fair enough. But uh, I'm actually going to be giving it a one that you did not want to give it. Uh, I, the entire time this episode was on, I was smiling and I was enjoying it. And I was like, it's like tempting to like not text you like how much fun I was having because I wanted to save it all for the podcast. Uh, but I was just like this, I was having a great time watching it. The, uh, like I said, keep holding on is one of my favorites. Uh, no air also one of my favorites. So the songs were good. Uh, just having the entire like glee club around and all the kids being active participants and, uh, you you know, it's uh, the the beginning of Sue versus Will as like uh, like full on like this is how dirty it can, it can get between these two. And while it does get a little bit cringy and at times, um, like this is the rivalry that is going to go on for years. And just to see it like come to such a big blow early on here, uh, I had a fun time with it. So I am only giving it one, which is my lowest so far. No, I I, I gave the the pilot a one, but um, yeah. So that's what I got. Yes, and that's that's what we're leaving you guys with uh, this time around. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of the Choir Room. Uh, you can follow us on social media. What's the uh, at again on Twitter, Matt? It is Choir Room Pod. Choir Room Pod on Twitter. Of course, if you would like for us to address anything in episodes in the future, you can you know you can DM us on Twitter. You can also shoot us an email, and the email is Matt. Choir room podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> and if you want to reach out to us individually, you can also do the same thing. I'm at Amon Adwin on Twitter. And Matt is Matt Ligori on Twitter. And once again, thank you guys so much for sticking with us. We're uh, we're getting closer and closer to the sectionals. I'm excited. We're almost there. And we will see you there. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye.